Have you ever gotten the sense that every single choice you make has an impact on your wellness and your quality of life? Well, today's guest, Catherine Brown, started realizing that she needed to be more mindful and she needed to self-advocate so she could have a low toxin life that led to some conscious living. She's the host of the Just Be An Honest podcast, and she's here to just be honest about her own journey to discovering her best life. Join us to find out more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the great mystery beyond the veil, the divine that's flowing through every single cell of our bodies and all of our surroundings, and we're connected to everything that is and those synchronistic moments where we realize it. That's what this show is all about because we're stepping outside the matrix. We're stepping outside the way that you might have thought things were up until recently. And whenever that recently moment was for you, where all of a sudden you started seeing that something else was going on that wasn't quite fitting in with this idea that you had been told was true. And that opening, just if you keep following it, keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until you start realizing, oh, this isn't about the thing I thought it was about. It's not the thing. It's about the thing that's bigger than whatever the thing is that I'm looking at. It's the bigger something that's actually a play that I'm learning from and immersed in and inextricably connected to that is teaching me something I need to know. And uh, I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. And I've been on that journey of following the synchronicities and going from thing to thing and going, wait a second, it's about this. And then realizing, oh, actually, no, it's about this. And then, oh, wait a second, it's actually about this. And that deepening journey, like kind of like nested Russian dolls, like what, you know, what is this thing actually about? You know, tell me the truth. And that's why I love today's guest, Catherine Brown, KB, also known. She has a wonderful podcast called Just Being Honest. And she talks about all of her curiosity and working with as a client and herself, as a mindset coach, a lifestyle designer, and an advocate for low toxin and conscious living. And uh, she's cultivated a wellness workspace beyond that is based on a collective consciousness. And, you know, what is collective consciousness? What is low toxin? What does all of this mean? And why is it even important? That's what we're going to talk about today. Welcome, KB, to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I know it's taken us a while to get, you know, back together once again. Um, But when we first met each other, we really hit it off and we could have probably talked for days and days and days. So thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. And, you know, of course, in our regular fashion, we got started in right before the show, like, okay, what are we going to focus on today? And I just started throwing out what had just happened to me. And you said, okay, is this being recorded? Because we need to stop. (laughs) Right. We need to just like put that in the interview. So, 
you know, give us a starting place. Like the work that you're doing today, you're doing it because something happened that opened a door for you to another reality and you decided to walk through it. So what was that thing that happened and what was that door? Yeah, sure. That's a that's a great beginning um, position. And you know what? I think that can go so many different ways uh, within my lifestyle because I realized, you know, exactly what my purpose was in this world and how I'm supposed to serve the human bodies that are floating around here just because I had to step out of my own body and realize that I was a light worker, that I was, you know, a star seed, whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to believe. And I had to realize what my greater purpose was. And I think that happened when I did, as I mentioned, step out of my body and look from a distance at every little point of my life, you know, from childhood to where I am now and how everything was a synchronicity of events. And some people believe, you know, things happen for a reason, but I believe that, you know, we have a choice every day to make and those choices bring us on to the next level. So whether that is, you know, learning lessons from patterns that we were embedded with and then passing those tests it's all from that like greater source place. So I guess as I kind of <laughs> babble on and on and on, you know, you, we were talking about, you know, Western medicine. And in my belief, a lot of sensitive beings, a lot of light workers, star seeds, you know, we do absorb a lot of energies that get stuck in our bodies. And if we are not careful, on setting those boundaries, we can be the ones in the end that come up with those mysterious illnesses, those autoimmune issues. And basically, you know, in layman's terms, just mysterious aches and pains, right? And so then we have to become self-advocates for that. If you're really like willing to do the work, right? Self-advocates for that. And that's what I became after just, you know, being a young woman, I'm 33, right? I, some people say I look younger. I've had instances in my life where I had so much inflammation. I got sick twice with housing situations with black mold, which took me under the bus and it got stuck in my body. It destroyed my joints. It made me actually look older at times. So I guess you could say that becoming a self-advocate for my health and my wellness was my journey. And then when that became my journey, I had to, as the title says, just being honest, I became honest with who I was, what I stood for, you know, who I wanted to be friends with, toxic energies, everything that was absorbing into my human flesh of a body. I wanted basically nothing to do with. I had to be an advocate to find a solution around that. So I guess, Carrie, when we were talking about in the beginning about Western medicine, me becoming an advocate, you becoming an advocate, going with our intuitive feelings of, no, 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 maybe I don't want to consume that in my body because we all know, or many of us know, that Western medicine is just, here, put a Band-Aid on it, or here, take this pill. And you're like, oh, a pill, will it solve it right now? But in the end, you're going to have to have another pill and another pill, and another pill. And to be honest, my vision of Western medicine is almost like us starting a business and saying, 
okay, um, I'm, I need this person. I need that person. I need that person on my team. But we don't know how to do the, you know, whatever, the marketing, the social media. We don't know how to do it ourselves. So we're just putting another task out there, like the pill, right? <laughs> you know, you're giving a pill, but you don't know exactly what it's going to do to you do in the end. So by finding natural modalities in the end, it's just about conscious living, you know? So I have my tools in my toolboxes. I work with clients. I do mindset consulting with executives, with athletes, pro athletes. And I, even with, um, you know, young minded adults that are moving into the quote unquote real world. And it's all about conscious living and creating a more, clear collective community. That's a lot of C's there, right? But here we are. Here we are together. And I don't know how we got hooked up, but it was like a magical being. It was a magical instance. So I know it was a magical being called Bonnie. Yes. Bonnie is the one who connects me with all these fantastic hosts. She's just a gem of a being and she's one of my students and she's awesome. So, you know, here's the thing. I hear what you're saying. And Gosh, it's hard to explain it to somebody who really bought into the system, right? Because let's just let's just look at it this way. There are good people on all sides. Like so it's not as if there's some mean perpetrator evil person who's like saying, "Ha, you know, I'm going to like tell this person they need a pill and then that will have revenue from them the rest of their life." You know, it's not exactly as macabre as that, although somebody up there is kind of thinking that way. But the people who are enacting these rules, the people that are actually doing that job, these people are, you know, trained by systems of thought. So, you know, when you want to be a doctor, you have to get trained in doctoring by a medical establishment that's approved. And those medical establishments that are approved are approved based on, a, they approve a curriculum, and they have a board of directors that says what that curriculum is. And so when the board of directors of those medical establishments has people from pharmaceutical industry as the board of directors members, then what you're getting is the pharmaceutical perspective that's influencing the curriculum, you know. And so they're not operating from an alternative point of view, which is why, for example, Chinese medicine has had such a hard time getting a hold to get accredited in this country, even though it's a 3,000-year tradition. You know, I see it as, you know, <laughs> the industry either, it's like, hmm, how do I describe it? It's like the person that leads from the heart sometimes doesn't always win, but the person that leads from the head and thinks more analytically number wise, you know, they're the person that's able to play the system, right? But the person that's more from the heart is like, oh, I just want to help you. I just want to heal you. And so I think we need to find kind of like this balance within the industry of how we can really, and I try to tell my clients, you know, even the audience members on my podcast, like your buck is the loudest voice that you can put out in the industry, right? So if you're supporting sustainable brands, you know, sustainable things with heart behind them, right? That's what I'm trying to get to. Instead of just the, fast fashion, you know, um, what's trending. I mean, my background, to be honest with you, you know, I was raised, my mom was a functional nutritionist. So that, I mean, I'm pretty much, <laughs> that was my mentoring my whole life. I know way too much, but my background was actually merchandise marketing. And so I know what goes on behind the veil, 
what goes behind the scene. So if we can support, you know, brands that are leading from the heart instead of just fads, fast fashion, as I mentioned before, we can really shape things like, and I don't know how I'm getting off on this tangent, like climate change and, you know, all these things, right? We can really see what's the truth behind it. And that's the whole thing behind my brand, my business. You know, I'm not necessarily, I mean, everyone wants to make money and that's great. You know, that's kind of like how you grow in life. But in the end, my purpose, just like yours, Carrie, is to say, hello, let's wake up. Hi, let's all like gravitate from like our honest truth, our essence, that spark deep within us and know that like when you do that, that's your dharma speaking. And here we go, you know, game on. And when we all collectively wake up, or I guess you could say walk around in our dream state, because I believe our dream state is really our reality, that, you know, we can make wide change. Yeah, I think it's really, it's being willing to see and hear perspectives that challenge the way you thought the world was. And I think that's really the key challenge we're all facing today is are we willing to look at the world through fresh eyes? Are we willing to see what's in front of us now that maybe wasn't even known five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 50 years ago? Like certainly I think many of us didn't know the importance of the microbiome, for example. Like we didn't know that 50 years ago when we were inventing wonderful products that would, you know, make our vegetables grow and keep the pests off of them, right? So we we thought we were solving a problem that would create greater sustainability for food, right? Like we thought we were creating that. And then in creating that, we actually created a different problem you know, which we're all now countering today. And many of us don't even know we're countering it, which is the pesticides in the food. And uh, so many of us that are eating organic, it's because we know that we don't, we want to limit the amount of Roundup that's in the food that we're actually consuming. So most of the world is still waking up to that right now. Like they don't really realize that the reason they're immune systems are compromised is because much of the food we've been consuming and in our soils and in the air and in the the rain that's pouring down on us is redistributing toxins from Roundup. So we, you know, they, they'll say, oh, that's just, you know, tin hat thinking, you know, because, because it's too hard to face the truth of that. When you actually have to face it, it's hard, isn't it, KB? Yeah. And you know what? I think it all goes back to, and I know you can completely 100% agree with me. It all goes back to education with anything in life. You know, we start with like Black Lives Matter, anything, you know, the Me Too movement, everything goes back to education, knowledge behind it, true facts behind it. And, you know, evidence. I'm from Kansas. Okay. I live in California. So blessed to live here. I can walk around outside every single day. We can grow our own food if we want to. We have an amazing farmer's market, but I am from Kansas. I'm a girl from Kansas. I drove across the state or the country uh, a couple weeks ago, and I actually have a video of it, and I should post it on my Instagram of me driving by the National Beef Corporation. And it's basically, guys, everything that you see in those documentaries, but you see it and you smell it. You see thousands upon thousands of cattle pegged in to the dens, standing pretty much on top of each other, 
mud. It's all mud or whatever they're pooping out, <laughs> you know, and they're all smashed in together. You just see the steam of methane rising above around there. And you think to yourself, really? Like we're killing those things and we are ingesting that. And I know I'm getting like really like hardcore on that, but it goes back to education and knowledge. And people don't make changes unless they see it for their eyes. Like that's just the whole reality. They're like, I want proof. I want to see it, you know? But until you show people that nitty gritty and it goes back to the microbiome, you know, the product that we were talking about, it's very, I'm going to say basic because to me, I, I'm pretty much a clean bean that it tastes just like dirty water, but it really does something to you. I've taken it for a long, long time now and you want to see change, but things like that, you know, you have to you have to give it time. But we're talking about education behind that because it's a pretty in-depth topic, the microbiome. But it goes back to what is the microbiome? You know, like how is it sourced from? Like, what are we really talking about regenerative land use and all of that? I mean, there are so many like documentaries we could share with your audience members about this. Maybe we should, but it is, it goes back to education with all of this. Yeah. The thing is that this topic is so huge, but That's the thing about holistic thinking, Mm. because holistic thinking requires space, Mm. Yes, listening, being receptive, contemplation, experiments, like the one I'm in right now, I told you about, I'm on a 30-day microbiome cleanse, you know, where I'm not having sugar, no sugar, no gluten, no grains, no potatoes because potatoes, no corn. They have a lot of uh, the glyphosate in it, The mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And I'm still learning the scientific term. So apologize if I say things incorrectly, but like all of these things that were caused from this destruction of our natural biome that we're ingesting, like you're talking about KB. I've personally driven through Texas on the way to New Mexico quite often. And there's cattle farms and, you know, it's beyond just, you know, the smell of the poop and, and just, it's like the, the sheer sadness of a creature being treated this way their whole life without any love and just in sheer, in sheer terror, like confined in this way in a sea of, of dirt and mud with no life around them. That is what is heartbreaking as well. And you know what? Uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it, just because I'm going to like push my button out there. And I, I actually had this conversation with someone yesterday and they were, cause I was pushing out, um, a product that I've been trying a, a grain-free cereal, um, without glyphosate. And it's, it's very, very clean. I'll send you the product information, but anyways, she was saying, but it has bovine collagen in it. And she goes, aren't you vegan? And I said, to be honest with you, I don't like to label myself. I don't like to put anyone in a label box because when we start labeling people, that's when we start to get in like messy little situations. And I think we all just need to communicate and just say, this is what works for my body. But I am primarily plant-based. Yes, I do consume local honey here just because of the properties and how it's helped me. But anyways, beyond that, the last thing I'm going to say about the cow situation is that when I went to Thailand, they treat their cows almost like we treat our dogs, right? Their cows are their friends. They love them and they eat dogs, right? So imagine all of the people in our civilization 
that if you saw the same cow situation with a bunch of puppies or your favorite dog just smashed in there, right? You would have the same instance that you're not going to consume that, or you're not going to promote consuming that. There's a lot of other options, guys. And I, I mean, in a, we can go back to even how this works with uh, consumerism and prices going up. I heard a man in the drugstore the other day complaining to a clerk about the price of milk, a gallon of milk, and yada, 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 and yada, yada, yada. And the clerk can't do anything about it. And I'm just thinking, well, if you change the way that you shop, if you change the way that you eat, you would save a lot of money and you'd save the earth a little bit more but I just walked out because I just couldn't go there, you know? But yes, 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 yes. I think we're on the same page. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out how to talk about these things too because people are very sensitive and there's like, oh, there's like this, you know, I think that there's soul knowing, like I think within each, each one of us knows at some level that treating an animal that way for its entire life and then killing it and eating it is like eating the suffering of the animal, eating the pain of the animal. And so at some level, we're aware of that. The Mm -hmm. thing that happens is we cover up that awareness Mm -hmm. because we're already in pain. It's kind of like if you're already in pain, then something painful happens. You can't even look at that thing because you're already in pain. So it's like your pain cup's full. Like you just don't have any more room for more pain. So then you and I started talking about this and then people stopped listening because they're like, I'm out of here. I'm not going to listen to this because it's causing me more pain and my pain cup is full. Like my cup is full of pain. And so part of why I do what I do with people, right, is to empty out the pain cup. Mm. Because if your pain cup is emptied, relatively speaking, then you actually have more spaciousness to consider things and new ways of being a new consciousness that would make your life easier, more graceful, and you'd have an expanded capacity to be with the pain of others and to be with the pain of our planet, which we actually need more people who are capable of that right now. Yeah. We, need, we need people to rise up to this next level of awareness. And isn't it about wounds, Catherine? Because like, you know, there's this shift in consciousness about pain and wounds where A lot of people in the other mentality that I used to also be in are like, don't touch my wounds, don't provoke my pain, don't trigger me, or I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that goes deeper when you say, don't trigger me, I'm out of here. That that really speaks, I mean, I've been triggered so many times, but then I really have to question myself and pause and say, okay, wait, wait, wait. So let me see that trigger and how can I rewire that trigger? And that's exactly what you and I both do. You know, like how can I practice with this moment? You know, I mean, completely 100%. And I think we all need to do that. Emptying the pain cup is just like, for instance, why I practice meditation in the morning. Because Ah, there you go. Right? Yeah. Because if you, if you wake up and you're like, I'm late and the dog hasn't peed and I have to go now. And now she's barking at me in her kennel. And then you rush to work and, and you realize you have two different shoes on and then you yell at someone for not having a report in whatever, you know, you're just kind of (laughs) unwinding the ball of yarn even more and more and more. But when you start with your day of meditation, you can take a deep breath 
and really process things a little bit more as they happen. You know, we realize that, you know, and I love saying this, life is simple. We create our own obstacle. I mean, isn't that right? Yeah, Yeah. it can be based on what we're thinking. So that's what consciousness is about to you. It's not about like some state of perfection. I think, you know, pursuing consciousness actually requires a lot of wading through mud. (laughs) Like it actually gets so messy because... You're, you know, you just get into this space of what I like, you know, I love this ladder they talk about is the consciousness, you know, the incompetence and the consciousness. It's like you start off sort of unconsciously incompetent. You just don't know what you don't know. You're just kind of doing the thing, right? But you don't know any better. So you're just kind of doing it. And then something wakes you up to go, wait a second, I'm being incompetent. Now you enter the conscious incompetent part. That part sucks. Because you're you're aware of how incompetent you're being, but you don't know yet how to change that or you don't have the tools or you're not practiced enough yet. So you're like in this state of being aware of just how incompetent you're being. Then when you keep practicing, though, and you keep exploring that, you get into, you know, conscious competence, which is where it's like you get the tools, you get the resource, you get the new perspectives, you practice and you become consciously competent about the new pattern that you're forming in your life. You take responsibility for it. You say, you know what, I'm going to change this and it's going to, it's going to require me to like get gritty, you know, and I'm going to get gritty with it. And I'm going to, I'm going to learn this new way and I'm going to make it my new way. And then it does become your new way because now the last part is unconscious competence. You're competent, just like you learn how to drive a car. You don't think about driving the car anymore. It's just like, you don't think, like, I'm not thinking about sugar right now. I changed that diet. Like I took the sugar out. I did my, like my, my teaspoons a day of my, my healthy bacteria fermented in, in fruit, you know, to give them a good fighting chance. I'm on now like these healthy probiotics I've eliminated from my diet. Now I walk through the grocery store. I look at the dessert. I don't even look at it anymore. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I, I was like, that's not good for me. That's dead to me. That's dead food. This food's alive. My body is now I'm able to hear my body was trying to tell me, but I couldn't get the message above all those sugar bacteria that were like, no, you love sugar. You love sugar. You love sugar. You love sugar. Eat some sugar. And I had to get clear of that to be able to hear my body, which is telling me, no, that's not food. Food's over here. You know what? I heard this beautiful, I, I'm going to butcher the quote, so I'm just kind of like summarize it. But by Gary Zukov, who is the author of The Seed of the Soul, and he was talking about temptation. And he was talking about that once we get over temptation, then we become in power. So it's empowering, right? So say that you're binge eating salt on something, I don't know, or nuts or whatever, I don't know. But he was saying that, you know, when you kind of cut off that temptation, you win, you know? And so it builds up more power within you, builds up more confidence, right? So by you, Carrie, you know, I mean, first off, you know, if you lived at my house, you'd be so great on this 30 day cleanse that you're doing. <laughs> I am just like, I can have everything in your house to eat. It's all exactly. welcome. You would love the kale that I got. You would love my broccolini. You would love my homemade sauerkraut, you know, my avocados, whatever. But um, I should actually give you some, some recipes. Anyways, please, please do. I'll share them out here. Please. I, for sure. But anyways, 
it's that temptation. It's that power. It's that confidence. And it starts with little things, you know, you know, we live in a society where we like to be busy. We like to distract ourselves from the reality, but the reality is, you know, if you really see it face on anything, no matter what it is, and you fight the temptation, you can do so much stuff. You know, we all just make excuses about why we can't, we shouldn't, we don't have time. You have so much time. Guys, look at your phone and see how much time you've been on social media, right? Yeah, there's okay. an app that tracks that. Oh, I know. I When I got a new phone, it like popped up one day and was like, oh my God. Like, Stay out of like, here. <laughs> oh. So anyways, go walk the dog a little bit more, you know, get off the phone. Or go visit a country, you know, like I just came back from Peru, like go visit oh. a country where they don't have that kind of thing going on so much. Like, there is a good internet connection at the top of us in Gate. I can say that. Yeah. <laughs> you could spend a couple of weeks out there with no internet connection. You hear me now. <laughs> I love, love Peru. I went to Peru with a small group when I was in the ninth grade and it changed. I mean, I need to go back because I'm sure it's changed since I went, but I loved it. The people there are just wonderful. It's amazing. I, I would go back with you in a heartbeat. Yeah. People are so nice. And it's like, you start wondering like, why are they so nice? Why are they being so nice to me? They're just so hard open. That's just so much love. Why are they giving me gifts? Why are they doing, they just want my money. They just want, no, they're actually in Aini. They're in right relationship. And so they just give because they know they're receiving when they're giving, especially when they see somebody who's like really needs some love, you know, they're like here, here, I, my cup is full. Let me give you some, my cup is very full. Let me give you some more. You know, it's like that kind of dynamic to wake us up. Yeah. You know what? I went to, um, Bali and I mean, I've been to so many different countries that, are like the same way. But I remember one instance when I went to Bali and, you know, I mean, when I went, it was still pretty much a third world country or at least the places that I went to. And these people have nothing yet. I will always remember this child holding a little scrappy piece of tile, a little blue piece of tile, and just acknowledging the brilliance of this little chipped piece of tile, you know, And then you come back to America and I'm in total culture shock because I'm thinking I have too much stuff and kids here are, you know, whatever, depressed Um, because they don't have the latest iPhone. Entitled? Entitled, right. (laughs) That's a good word to put on it. Giving is really (laughs) receiving. I think we can agree on that for sure. Yeah. The thing about, you know, it's really a sickness and, um, there's a word that somebody bandied about the other day and I wrote it down, but I don't, I don't know if I can find it right this minute, but there's a word, you know, indigenous people say that, that basically like, for example, I'll just, I'll tell this story. So when I went to Peru for the first time, I went with Alberto Vialdo at the Four Winds and he had the Carol people, the shamans come down from the mountain and they don't come down for just anybody. So they came down and they talked to all the students and they told us, listen, we want you to practice this medicine. We want you to be Mesa carriers. We're sharing this with you from our hearts because we know that you need to be connected back with Mother Earth because you need her help. And if you don't change, we're all going to lose. So we want you to have this medicine. And when I was there, I, I became aware of some of the same things you're talking about, like the gratitude that people have 
the sparkle in their eyes, the absolute gratitude living so close to the earth. They're so grateful for all of they have, all of the bounty of Mother Earth. They're so grateful for it. And they're, they don't expect anything from anybody like us to, to do for them. They don't have expectations. They're not entitled about anything. They're just like really grateful. And then I was with my, you know, same thing with my REI gear. And I was thinking, you know, my REI gear I'm wearing right now, just with my backpack and my clothes and everything I was wearing on my body is worth more than this woman's house, the place she lives in money, but in spirit, Mm. in love, in vitality, in connection. Oh no, I was the pauper. Yeah. And she was the queen. (laughs) Yeah. And I thought, I have got to change my ways. And that's, that really woke me up. That was maybe six, seven years ago. Yeah, I know. I mean, you really kind of put an image in my head there, you know, like her house, like whatever she makes of it. And I do a lot of home harmonizations where I go in no matter, I mean, I live in a very small space, but I realized over time, you know, from my experiences that I don't want a big space. I have a couple of great items in my life. I'm even up to the point where I'm like, I want to give away my bed and get one of those cool little Japanese (laughs) fold up, whatever they are, tatami mats. And it is, it's the energy that you put into it, whatever you do, whether it's starting a business, starting a relationship, raising a family, you know, it's the energy that you put into it. You don't have to have a lot of quote unquote paper money, (laughs) or I guess that's not quote unquote, but money is energy. So it's whatever the energy that is put in behind that, the REI gear, that was maybe a quick purchase. So that was quick energy out there. Didn't mean a lot to you. You needed it, right? But when she purchased that house in Peru, you know, that was like a desire, a need, a want, a wish. It may not have been worth a lot monetarily, you know, speaking, but the energy behind whatever she paid for it was infinite. And the gratitude that she filled it up with, you know, that's the main ingredient, like her gratitude for the gift of having a home for her husband and her children and, and everyone to share. And, and the space of that house was maybe eight feet in one direction and seven feet in the other. Mm. And the amount of gratitude she had for this home built of mud bricks was far outweighing my gratitude in my whole life. Like that's what I really got. It was like, I was, the wealth that I could experience was not going to be money. The wealth that I could experience was going to be the way I feel in my life. And now from that place, right? From that fountain within of love and presence and connection and gratitude and like realization about this, you know, magical mystery we're living in, which we both have awoken to then the money's awesome. It's just like, great. The money can come. It's great. But it's just coming from a totally different place is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Isn't it crazy? Like when you come to the awakeness, the come to the realization, it's like, you don't freak out. You know, you don't worry about how to pay rent or how to buy a a scrap of food. Like, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, whenever you have to ride the truck, you're like, "Eh." but what I'm saying is, You can go on throughout your day and just say like, I know my purpose. I know my timeline. Like I am here for a greater good. And like, I'm fine with just me alone. If it, at the end of the day, if it's just me alone, and if I have maybe like one little thing on, I'm fine. I'm happy. I don't need 
all this, that over there, you know, if I'm safe, I'm fine. I'll find my way because I know that my spirit, my soul deep within me, that's the light that's shining me and guiding me through everything in life. And and we both know, and we've practiced this multiple times that, you know, the energy that you put out into the world is the energy that you get back. You know, the people that will be surrounding you, the people that you'll want to be in your life, beneficial relationships, right? And then you can all collectively raise each other up. So I think that's also, you know, why 2020 was so profound and so awakening to so many people, including myself, was that, you know, I did have to cut and sever ties with a lot of people in my life and or perhaps keep them at an arm's distance because it became so apparent about the energy that I was holding on to within those relationships or maybe taking on responsibility to that was not serving me and that was contributing to certain autoimmune issues, illnesses, fears that may have brought up and I needed a clean slate, right? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that as you're talking about that. I also saw that too, where I think we're on a massive global lesson in codependency and conformity. And it's a challenging lesson because the conformity matrix has a lot of pressure into it. Like it really gets its heels dug in people and their sense of guilt and responsibility and compliance and, and all of this. But like, it's like, you got to ask the question, what's your allegiance? Is your allegiance to, you know, personality based constructs or is your allegiance to a higher power and to the calling that's coming directly through your own heart and your soul. So when you muscle test yourself for years and you trust your muscle testing and it, and it like nine times out of 10, it proves out correct. And then you keep muscle testing yourself about, let's say the vaccine or any one of these conversations. And it keeps saying, no, 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 no. It's like, are you going to go against that? Or are you going to follow what your soul and your body and mother earth is telling you? And that's, I just was faced with that. And, you know, and the other thing is I'm not going to make anybody wrong. You know, if your body said, yes, 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 yes. then that's what you're, you know, that's what your soul's calling for. So I, I wouldn't say that my answer is for everybody. And I want to make that clear. It's like, I think we have to learn to honor. And I think that is the lesson is that we each are going to get a strong guidance from our soul. Right. And we have to follow that. We have to follow that no matter what. Yeah. We really need to practice more. I mean, and us being leaders within that is just kind of like guiding the way and saying like, yo, folks, put your blinders on, like really put your act like one of those horses, put your blinders on, you know, whether it's not listening to news. I mean, I stopped watching news probably March to May, maybe it was April of 2020 because my anxiety levels were getting to be too much. And I was like, this is not serving me. And yeah, of course I had so many people saying like, well, don't you know what's going on? And I'm like, I know what's going on with me, you know, and I know what's healthy for me. And I think that we all need to be aware of that. So, um, yeah, finding that inner authority. I I tell that to my clients all the time. Like you are your inner authority. And that's, that's really going back to like, what's the What's the true self speaking to you? Like, what is it saying to you? It goes to anything, vaccinations and, um, and everyone has different situations too. You cannot tell about someone's life, lifestyle, 
how they feel about their lives, their moods, their mental health, just by their external shell, right? Someone could look at me and be like, oh, you're the epitome of health, you know, this and that, and yada, yada, yada. But they have no idea just by looking at me what I've gone through in life, whether it's in family life, you know, dysfunctional household upbringing or um, a relationship that was toxic or an autoimmune issue. They don't know what goes on. They don't know that some days I've woken up and my fingers are numb and I can't use (laughs) mobility, right? They don't know that I have, you know, whatever, you know, I could be talking for hours, but I think we really, that's why I'm really striving to push out. Like we need to be conscious of that. And when we're more conscious of that, then it's that loving kindness practiced, right? And when we practice loving kindness, then that's what shapes our world, Carrie. Exactly. It's the loving kindness. And, you know, what a perfect example of how to go through loving kindness than to trust that somebody you really love is following their inner guidance. Mm. You know, I, every time I follow my inner guidance, I get led in a direction that's beautiful. Mm. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not going to get this virus. Okay. I'm not saying that because I, I would not be so bold and arrogant as to make a declaration like that. Cause actually what I'm saying is that I trust that whatever I need, I'm going to receive that from our planet. And I surrender to my planet to give me the medicine that I need for this vessel. Because what I've learned about this planet in earth school and this consciousness that we're in is that she never gives me anything that I don't need. If I don't need it, it doesn't show up. Yeah. Yeah. You have, the tools. you have the tools in your toolbox for that moment of time. And if not, you'll figure out a way to get it. And yeah. if you do get the virus, then you figure out how to the next step. Yeah. Like, cause right? if I get it, then the, my next thing is like, okay, now how am I going to handle that challenge in my vessel aligned with my values and my feelings about life and how I want to treat my body. How, what am I going to do to love myself through that experience? That would be my personal challenge to face for myself. And it's really not anybody else's business, how I would go about doing that, because that's me and my earth school lesson with mother earth. That's my lesson. And, uh, so I don't, you know, I don't go around making up some story that like, oh, well, we're the chosen one. So we don't have to do this. That's bullshit. (laughs) That's complete BS, you know? It's just more like, it's a different perspective. Am I going to try to control life and modulate how it comes to me and think I can do that? Well, then there is one approach for that. Or am I going to just surrender to the mystery and to know that if I'm getting something, it's because I need something here? Yeah. I mean, everything, I believe in signs and I believe everything, if you're aware, right, guys, um, that, you know, the signs will come your way. And they will teach you a greater lesson than we could ever conjure up, right? And then it goes back to, as you said, it's not anyone else's business. It's not my, bi- you know, anyone else's, you know, the way they live their life is really not my business. Sure, you can have conversations and say, this is my opinion and this is why I did X, Y, Z, right? And they can be like, oh, and they can either be persuaded by that or not. But, you know, it goes back to this social media world that we live in. and the quote unquote influencers and people thinking the amount of followers that you have is the amount of money that you have, not reality guys. Absolutely not. Or that, you know, the amount of followers you have is the amount of, you know, knowledge or credibility that you have. Absolutely not. 
You know? Yeah, KB, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm a potster. That's like part of what I do as a provoker. And, uh, you know, (laughs) and it's all with love, you know, so that's just my role. Like I told this story on social media the other day about this injury on my knee that I have. And it's just like a little, it's a little scar, but you know, when it gets hot, cause I'm so white, it turns red, you know? So whenever I get hot, like I get in the bath, it turns red and I look at that thing. And I posted, I said, you know what, years ago, how I got that scar is I was riding a bike and I fell off my bike on the dirt and a bunch of dirt and pebbles got ground up inside my flesh. Really gross, right? Yeah. So what I didn't know is I had to go to the urgent care and the, the nurse brings out this wire scrubby brush. Oof. Oh, crap. I was like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> She's like, I got to clear it out. I have to scrub the wound. I was so pissed and I wanted to scream. I was so upset. I was awful. I was like, what do you mean? You just like put some balm on there, like something soothing and like put a bandaid on it. Like, but see, this is the thing. Sometimes we've got to scrub it. Sometimes we've got to provoke it. We've got to get underneath it because it gets so like comfortable and nestled in underneath all that balm that it never actually comes to the light of day and transforms. So this is about alchemy. You know, alchemy is the process of looking at those things that in the shadows that we don't want to look at because they're really uncomfortable and facing those realities and going through them, you know, going through the process of integrating it, feeling it to heal it, you know, like you're talking about mindfulness. We have to be willing to go through that process. So, you know, don't kill the messenger, right, KB? Yeah. I mean, I'm just being honest, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Just being honest. Yeah. Don't kill the messenger. I want to ask you, where's your scar on your knee? Because I have a scar, big scar on my knee too. Yeah. It's my left knee. Me too. And it's like right there. Mine's right there. <laughs> Star sisters. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is the work, right? And so when you're, when you're somebody that's here for truth, you know, capital T truth, right? I'm not talking about truth of the vaccine is a lie. Or I'm not talking that just like that is just such a, that is just a construct to get at the bigger truth, right? We're talking big, like capital yeah. T truth. Capital. So tell me about what you see the capital T truth is of this whole like COVID vaccine war on like who's not taking the vaccine. Blah, 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 blah. Like, what is it actually about from your perspective? Capital T. The capital T truth, like why people aren't taking it. Just like, what the whole thing's about. They, like, why is it even here? Why is it even in our space? Like, why are the vaccine? The vaccine, the virus, the vaccine? like the entire situation of the pandemic. Oh, what, what do I, how did it come about? Oh gosh, don't kill the messenger. Well, you know, I just think it's quite interesting, especially like where it came from and how quickly it spread and also how America at the time it was in the configuration of our political climate was why we were so affected yet ignored it so much and were so incompatible on working together. Now I may think a little bit differently, but I mean, I was quite confused because a, I didn't watch the news. Right. And I just kind of did my thing. Like during that time, I live in a beautiful place where I am able to walk along a street that is not in a downtown area. I can listen to birds. You know, everything was closed. No one was driving around. I remember that exact moment that I heard the pine trees like blowing in the wind. And it was the most beautiful whisper. And I think that 
collectively, if we're going to talk collectively, it happened because, and this is my thought, I think the higher source, whoever's in charge, whoever you guys believe in, is trying to blow out this huge message that we all need to take action for, you know, just the way that we're living. And I think the people that want to live in the old paradigm can certainly do that. They can live in the old paradigm. They can practice their resistance. They can practice their anger tactics and know that the unforgiveness tactics, whatever it's going to be, that's what's going to kill you off in the end. And that sounds gruesome (laughs) and quite, you know, brash. But to be honest, guys, like that's what I think the higher universe is trying to teach us. You know, I, I think they're trying to teach us. And I'm, I feel kind of unclear about how I'm voicing this, but I feel as though we're all supposed to take a step back and go back to basics. You know, I mean, people learned it with children. I don't have children myself, but with like spending more time with your children, really parenting your children, realizing that they could be taken away from you at any moment and realizing what love actually is. You know, I think it goes back to people dating, right? You know, I could use a great example of online dating and how people actually had to pick up the phone and call instead of swiping right and just having a hookup. I think it's about being really mindful in our actions, how we treat people, giving people space, holding space for people, calling people you haven't talked to in forever and, um, you know, catching up with them, asking them how they are feeling, you know, I mean, I had a friend who got COVID and he called me and told me, and I hadn't talked to him in a while. And I started bawling, you know, I, and I was just like, and it makes you realize you really care for that person. You know, (laughs) I mean, it's just little things like that. It makes you really tap into saying, oh yes, I have a choice to make boundaries in my life. I have a choice to tell my higher up, you know, supervisor that No, I would like to work at home because I want to create balance in my life, right? It makes us take chances like me, for instance, I got a puppy. (laughs) I was one of those people and realizing that like, you know, I am responsible enough to have my own puppy and raise it and treat it the way that I want to treat it, you know, being a helicopter mom, whatever. I think it's all these things, you know? Um, I hope that answers your question, but I really do believe that it's, the higher source, the higher power, the universe, cosmos, anyone out there saying, hello, you have a decision to make in everything that you do. And you, you know, of those decisions that you make, those decisions make you. So you can decide to live in the old paradigm or you can decide to take a step forward, lead from your own inner authority and move on to a higher dimension right? And how cool is that? Because we don't know the unknown. We know the known, which is the old paradigm. We know that that SHIT does not work very well. So why don't we try something new and lead from our inner authority? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Hey, yes, yes, yes. I love that you just channeled all that because I know it took you a little bit to get to it, but that's, you know, that's that's the main point, isn't it? You know, are you going to tune in and listen and follow your own heart and follow your inner authority or are you going to make decisions based on what other people want? That actually, that was my lesson last week, KB, because I was faced with a luncheon with my my 18-year-old son, my 21-year-old son, my mom, who are all vaccinated. And they were urging me to get vaccinated from love, like from total love. And what was so complicated for me was I could feel, 
I could feel their complete love. Like there was no agenda, you know, other than love. Like it wasn't about them being right. It was about because they just really believe this. And in their hearts, they just really love me. And they really want me to be around. Like it was so clear. And I just thought, this is a messed up situation, you know, like, because of course I would want to do something to show love for my family. Of course I want to honor the love that my mom feels for me and that my sons feel for me. And, and of course I don't want them to be in fear from my choice. I don't want them to feel that way. Of course I want to make things easier. And the other part of me, the wise one, the knowing one inside of me was like, Carrie, this is your test. And it brought me to tears because I had compassion for all of it at the same time. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about because it's like, yeah, having compassion for it all at the same time and having that like split personality kind of like pop up in your head and saying like, oh yes, I need this. I need to do that. And then realizing that, and I I believe it because I'm one of those people where I'm very different from my family members in a lot of ways. And I believe it's everyone's choice to decide whether they want to put that in their body or not. Everyone's body reacts differently. Everyone, as I mentioned before, has different things going on within their bodies. Um, everyone's bodies can handle different things. And everyone has their own reason of why they are or are not deciding to get it. And you have wide amount of time. If you want to get it, it's always going to be available to you. And I'm speaking to everyone collectively. But at the end of the day, you have to realize whether someone decides to get it or not, it does not change who that person is in front of you. It just kind of kills me that these things are really tearing up relationships. And I think those are conversations, yes, that family members need to have with one another and saying like, well, if you decide not to get it and I decide to get it, you know, like how can we <laughs> still have our relationship? Because I think it's it's just really quite interesting. And, you know, I mean, I, I'm not on dating apps, but I have been. I played around on them just to kind of see what they were up to. And it, that was a lot of profiles. I was on it for a week and it was just way too overwhelming to me. I couldn't deal with it. I was like, I don't want to do this. I like organic life. But anyways, it was that same thing. It was written on people's profiles, very politically speaking, you know, been vaccinated or even jokes about just what was going on. And I'm like, first of all, none of this is to joke about, <laughs> but I just don't want to be in that energy space. So I just have to, and I think you need to probably do the same, even though it's a real tug and pull situation, you need to constantly go back to your soul and ask your soul and write about it, whatever you need to do and say, what am I intuitively hearing from my soul right now, feeling from my soul right now. I think that's yeah. the truth in the end. I can't tell anyone what to do on that aspect. And it's not fixed either. You know, that's the thing. It's like sometimes decisions change because something shifted, you know? So, so, so it's like, I believe that we're being taught also about intentional decision-making. So like when, if I was going to do the vaccine in that moment, my reason for doing it would be because I want to make my family happy. My reason for doing it wouldn't be because my inner guidance, my soul is telling me that I need to do this. And that's also, I think, a lesson right now is like, we have to be mindful of like, what are the decisions that we're making and why are we making those? Yeah. 
I think that's huge, you know, because when you give others your energy, you're putting your energy towards them and their lifestyles or whatever. And then you're depleting your own energy. You're depleting your own happiness, for instance. And then you may or may not in the end regret that decision. Um, you know, it could be in anything that you do. If someone, it's like, goes back to boundaries or saying no, you know, if someone says, Carrie, 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 I really need you to help me start this business. I really need your, I really need your help. You're so good at this. I really need your help. And you're like, oh my gosh, well, okay. If you say it that way, I mean, I'm working on mine over here and I'm really on the, on this like a game, a track right over here, but okay. If you need it, I mean, you really sound urgent. And you give them that energy that you were putting so hard and heart and soul into your own business, then you've just given you, quote unquote, your happiness, your joy, your zest for business or whatever you want to call it. And at the end of the day, oh my gosh, you're depleted, you're exhausted, no time to put it in my heart and my soul and my passion. And I mean, this is just so broadly speaking, I know we're talking about the vaccination, but it kind of goes the same way. You have to, in anything that you do, you have to go back to your intuitive self. I know that's such a vague word, but you have to really consciously listen, feel all the sensations around you. Is that a sign? Is that a sign? And realize what is that telling me? you know, at the end of the day and take note of that. I think it's like something that we forget to do is to take note of that. Yes. All those sensations. So absolutely. And that, that's the, that's the terrain that you navigate with people, right? So that's what you do is help them navigate all of that messy soup of inner conversation. So people can find you on the podcast, right? Yes. I'm just being Um, honest. Yes. So my podcast is called Just Being Honest and Bean has no G. I'm on Spotify, <laughs> iTunes, all major platforms out there. And then you can find me on Instagram at Just Being Honest KB. Remember, Bean has no G. And also justbeinghonest.com. There I am. Fantastic, KB. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today and sharing your wisdom. I really appreciate it. And I ask everybody out there, you know, if you found usefulness in this conversation, I realize that this is one of those conversations that if you share it out with somebody, you could be inviting some triggers, right? Some discomfort. And I'm going to invite you to share it out anyway. Because we're in a time now where we really need to start having these conversations rather than trying to like stop, not rock the boat. We need to actually yeah. rock this boat. So, so share it out, you know, and uh, KB and I are certainly uh, versed at dealing with shadow work. And so we're capable of handling whatever comes our way. And so we appreciate you doing your part to kind of unclog the system. Yes. Yes. Thanks ma'am. for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Okay. So here comes your kisses, everybody. You want to do kisses for me? Sure. Okay. Here they come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right love you all and talk to you later on soul nectar show next week bye all right bye ciao if you found even one gold nugget in this episode of soul nectar show will you do us a favor will you subscribe like and share this episode maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it we really really want to engage with you at a much deeper level Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show.
Take a sip from the drip of the nectar, from the source of who you are.